This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's Countdown to 2021. Join this exclusive newsletter and free community of like-minded achievers who are committed to turning 2020's disappointments into 2021's greatest successes. Learn more at fullfocusplanner.com slash countdown. Book, and I can't think of the name of it. Oh, pregnancy. Um, what let's is see, it? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Moby Dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, what is No. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays with your host, Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. Excellent. Thank you so much, Fake Verbs. Courtney, how are you? (laughs) Wait, I don't think you're supposed to tell the people that was Fake Verbs. Well, it's real verbs. He's just not here with us right now. It's just me. It's you. Yes. It's Zoom. And our producer, Nick, is also standing by just in case we really go off the rails. (laughs) Yeah, in case we break some things. We are talking about how to take better breaks and how breaks impact our productivity. And honestly, this is such a good episode for me to hear right now. We're a little bit like, do you ever feel like that, Blake? Like sometimes these episodes are really for us. Like we need to hear this again. Um, yeah, I, I really do feel like these episodes are for you and for Nick oftentimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see how it goes. Um, yeah, I just think this one, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that I was pregnant and, you know, I think especially... Now it's like I can forget that, you know, I can't do exactly the same things I used to do. Um, And then just being like completely exhausted. So it's kind of a different level of this. But I think we all experience this. We have that like, especially if you're a high achiever, you have that drive to just like get it done and just do whatever it takes to like push through so that you achieve whatever you're trying to get done or like, you know, whatever you're trying to check off the list. Um, and we think that's the best way um, to do that. But actually, ultimately, over time, we just like totally destroy our <laughs> our our energy. We totally deplete what's there in the bank. And it, it's just not a great system. It's not a great way to approach life. I think it's a way that we can give ourselves this excuse that we're doing a good job is because, well, mm-hmm. if I'm exhausted, that means I did a good job. That means I got a lot of important stuff done and I'm an important person. And the truth is that if it's actually about what you're getting done and what you're able to accomplish and getting the right stuff done, then we recognize we have to have breaks because our brains are wired to need that rest and that rejuvenation. For me, my struggle is not necessarily, should I take a break? It's letting a break turn into a 20 minute scroll down social media lane where yeah. I'm actually just procrastinating getting the right stuff done. Is that ever happened to you? Yeah. I mean, I think being intentional, I, well, frankly, if I'm struggling- You're looking at your phone right now. You're scrolling. You, were, <laughs> you didn't even pay attention. Yeah. What did you just say? Um, I, I don't, like for me, it's more like taking the break. I have a hard time, you know, actually getting there. Um, 
I do want to comment on one thing you said about our brains. And I think we don't give ourselves enough credit, especially for people that work behind a computer all day, of how many calories, you know, our brain burns more calories than any other part of our body. That's why you can like be sitting all day at a conference and feel exhausted, like just complete, like like you've run a marathon, but like you haven't moved your body very much at all. And that's because our brains use so many calories. And add that on top of your powerlifting routine and exactly. you really can burn out at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, exactly. The, the pregnancy plan of powerlifting that you're on. Well, let's talk about it then. So how can we take better breaks? How can we shift from, well, I'm just going to hustle and power through or I'm going to take a break and like Blake get distracted and, and then I'm not as productive as I need to be. How do we take really good breaks where we aren't feeling guilty, but we're instead feeling rejuvenated and ultimately more productive, more fulfilled? Okay, so the first thing that you need to do to have better breaks is to disconnect. And we you kind of already mentioned that, Blake. Like, you know, you take a break, but then you get stuck doing something that's like actually not helpful. It, it actually makes it where you didn't take a break. And your brain, you know, it has two modes, basically. You have a focus mode and a diffuse mode. And basically what that means is, Diffuse mode is where your brain goes when your mind is wandering. I kind of think about this as like when I'm laying in bed, but I haven't fallen asleep and my brain is just like doing whatever it does. But your brain activity, this is what's like mind blowing about this. Your brain activity actually increases when it's in that diffuse mode. You think it would be the opposite, um, but it's actually not. This is this is the shower principle from Jack Donaghy in Thirty Rock. If you ever, yes. did you ever see that episode, no, but I was pretending like I had. <laughs> <laughs> there, well, for all you know, for all four of the listeners that have seen that episode, they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that's it." Where basically he's trying to solve this big problem, and he relies on the shower principle, meaning he always thinks of the solution when he's not trying to think of the solution. The shower principle is a term scientists use to describe moments of inspiration that occur when the brain is distracted from the problem at hand. For example, when you're showering. If the cerebral cortex is distracted by showering or putting, then another part of the brain, the anterior superior temporal gyrus, is activated. This is the site of sudden cognitive inspiration. Nerd alert. Yeah, it's, it's like your brain is subconsciously problem solving for you which is like such an incredible thing, you know, that our our, our brain does. And mm-hmm. it's connecting ideas, you know, it's retrieving memories. But all of that is a lot of brain calories that we don't usually give our brain any credit for. We think that's like our brain like playing. But actually our brain is like working really hard. Yeah. So you need to break from the big important stuff that you're trying to do. That's the key. So talking to a coworker, about the business. Like I've done this before. I've walked down the hall, I've talked to a coworker, we'd be like, yeah. And then we just start talking about one of our programs or one of something just because it's small talk. We're both concerned with it, but my brain is still thinking about the problem and then I'll go back mm-hmm. to work and I don't feel like I've necessarily taken a break. So, you know, you, you got to disconnect mentally from the problem, which for me means I've got to probably do something else 
right? Like otherwise my mind just wants to think about the thing that I'm trying to work on. What do you do to disconnect? And this is something actually Michael Hyatt taught me. We were on an all team retreat and I had always, um, you know, Michael's a big proponent of taking naps and we've talked about naps on this show before. And I told Michael, I was like, I just can't take a nap. I was like, I don't, like, it doesn't matter what I do. Like, I can't take a nap. And he was like, you can take a nap. He was like, you need to just make it like something that you have to achieve. And, you know, from some of the other research I had done and read about, you know, really, it was important for me to set a 20 minute time limit um, for my nap because I knew what, what the reason I really didn't like it was because I would wake up and feel like super groggy or just like, like I had like terrible, like it's better not to take a nap. Um, now that I've really done that 20 minute nap thing for a while, that has been great for me, you know, cause there's no better way to totally shut off your brain than like literally shutting off your brain. Um, and especially Checks this out. year has been a great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems legit. The logic is um, sound. Yeah. So that really helps for me. Um, uh, the other thing that I really enjoy is just going outside and going for a walk. I do have to catch myself of sometimes like I'm always trying to entertain myself. And I think that's kind of like we probably culturally do that. We're always trying to, like you said, with social media, you know, entertain ourselves. I always have to have like a podcast going or, you know, something going. And so trying to like have those moments of mindfulness, either like turning on my Headspace app and doing some kind of walking meditation, something that just gets me totally out of the thinking zone. Yeah. So your breaks need to be disconnected from your work. They also need to be truly restful. That's the second piece of advice we have for you with breaks. Distractions will numb you, right? That's how I, I've taken a break and just scrolled social media before. And then I, I feel more tired than before I took a break. A good break is actually going to be restful, right? So I actually did this experiment. This came out in a weekly preview I did was, you know, I'll take a break and I'll check uh, Instagram or, you know, I I won't look at my phone when I'm actually doing focused work. And so that's sort of like, oh, it's a little treat. I'll just check Instagram and see all that stuff. And then I noticed in my weekly preview, I'm like, I'm still really tired. And then I feel kind of edgy at the end of the day. Like that's my version of when I'm too tired, I've been overworked. I'm just a little bit not fun to be around, short patience, that sort of thing. And so I just said, well, why don't I just set a timer? Because sometimes in the morning I'll do a meditation thing, whatever. Why don't I just set a timer for five minutes and literally just sit there and close my eyes for five minutes? Not anything crazy, not doing any special meditation, just literally sit there for five minutes, close my eyes. And it is the most restful thing. So instead of five minutes on Instagram, five minutes just resting my eyes, just letting my brain have a rest. I would sometimes, like the we discovered in the previous principle, would think of a good idea about something, and other times nothing would happen. But I would just open my eyes when the when the ding sounds and feel better. Yeah, I love that, and I think you know it's going to be different from person to person. I will say right now, as many of us are working from home, you know, I think previously before this year, I got a lot of my kind of restful breaks by being around other people in the office, you know, just like, you know, Blake, I would run into you and we would laugh about how shiny the coffee beans were in the office. 
and people are going to think I made that up, and that's like legit. So we have pretty um, wild times at Michael yeah, Hyatt Company, as you can you. tell, right? But there is like connecting with you know colleagues is a way that you know it can kind of reset and enhance your productivity if you're really kind of like shooting the breeze and not like discussing a problem or an issue you know that you're trying to solve. And I think now that many of us are working from home, you know. You can still get that in some ways. Something we've done this year at Michael High and Company is to do Zoom lunches. You know, so you just get some people and jump on Zoom, eat your lunch, chat about what's going on. And it just provides another way um, to still get that connection. You know, if that's what works for you to kind of reset and take a break. Um, I think you can be creative about how you can still get that even if you're working from home. Yeah. Yeah, getting into nature is also really good for this. There's something called the attention restoration theory. You can pull over the car right now and Google it. But (laughs) we've all probably experienced it. You know, being outside is great for this. Do what my daughter does and just be in awe of all the trees and grab a leaf off of one and crunch it. It's really helpful, I've found. At least it is for her. So it probably applies to the rest of us too. What's next? Yeah. So the next one is to schedule your breaks. This is the one that really, it gets, you know, this one's for me, you know, speaking to the choir here. Um, You've got to have your breaks on your calendar, you know, and that's, you know, lunch break is important. Although I think a lot of people now are like just squeezing in lunch too, you know, you're just grabbing something really quickly and heading to the next meeting. But if you do have a lunch break, this is still different than that even, you know, all that, although that is, you know, really important. But if you can schedule a 15-minute meeting for yourself or a 20-minute meeting, that's going to be huge. We say this over and over again on this podcast, but what gets scheduled gets done. And if you can reframe breaks as actually helping your productivity, it is well worth the initiative to get it scheduled on your calendar. Yeah, I should try this because to me, when I read that, I thought, oh, yeah, I already do this, but I do it. I don't really do it. It doesn't ever end up on my calendar per se. I'll just have a session of time where I'm going to work on something. And sometimes I'll set a timer like, okay, I'm going to force myself to stand up and stop looking at the computer. I'll just set a timer on my phone. But that's a little bit different. I think that that's helpful. At least it is for me to remember to take a break. But this kind of ups the ante. I I think this is helpful, not even necessarily to think of it as, hey, I've got a break that is scheduled, so I'll definitely take a break. For me, it almost is incentive to have deeper focus time Mm. because I've found that if I don't know when I'm going to take a break, I don't know how much I need to be conserving my energy. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's almost like I'll sort of steal, I'll let myself get distracted by little things, little messages coming in Mm -hmm. or stuff like that. And there's almost little breaks in my attention because I don't have anything scheduled. And so I'm sort of mitigating that and overall having a lower quality focus time. Yeah, I think that's a really good insight. Um, And I think what's probably shocking for most people is that there's a lot of research that actually say you should have a break every 50 to 90 minutes. And so that's kind of alarming because I think most of us 
are doing good to eat our lunch, you know? <laughs> and so the idea that you should get a break, and I will say for all of you out there that lead a team, most likely the people on your team are not going to feel the freedom to take a break um, until you display it for them. And so I think it's really important for you to schedule these and to take them, maybe even let them know like, hey, I'm going to take a you know 10 minute walk outside. Actually, Megan Miller um, did this early on in the COVID season. She was like, I- I'm taking some time each day to go outside, you know, and walk. And I thought, Oh, that's really great. And because she was doing it, also gave the freedom for me to be like, okay, if if it's important to her, it can also be important to me to go outside and take a little break. That's huge. Yeah, you're exactly right. Awesome. Well, we've actually got a phone call from a full focus planner user. So let's go to that now. We have got a special guest with us. Brian Moomau is joining us. Brian, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys today? Wait, wait, Blake. I I'm sorry. You're just acting like he just like like he's just joined. Like he's actually on video with us. I know. We've invited Brian. He's getting the inside look at my closet. Uh, yeah. Um, I, so he, he had some vouch. feedback for me. Actually, he sent me a note. He's like, <laughs> I think she should have gone with a striped shirt today. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, he he can vouch though for my color coordinated uh, closet. So absolutely, light to dark, left to right. <laughs> so uh, Brian, uh, I heard that you have a question for us, uh, and we don't know what it is. So we're really excited to hear what you've got. Yeah. So just the by way of context, I've been using the Full Focus Planner diligently for just about a year and a half now, and you know I would say it's almost become my bible. You know, so much mm-hmm. so that I have my daily rituals down to the minute. I have my ideal week kind of all charted out in beautiful colors and, you know, great lines and, you know, super detailed. And I felt like I was finally getting my act together over the last few quarters, you know, even having a little time away to get set up for the next quarter. And I guess I'm really struggling to have any day at all look like my ideal week. And it's kind of like with the onset of Zoom calls and team meetings and everything else, it's like everybody's lost all context of time. It's like Mm. I can get a Zoom call early a.m. I can get a Zoom call after hours. Nobody even pays attention to when lunchtime is anymore. And I guess my question is, you know, is that an expectation that I should be pushing back on? Or is it just really something made up in my mind that I have to have some kind of new paradigm, new caveat to be like, I just feel like I'm on all the time. And in the past, I felt like I had a better work-life balance pre-pandemic. And I feel like now all bets are off. And I almost felt like, you know, maybe... Three months into this, it'll get better. Four months into it, it'll get better. Now it just feels like everybody else has control of my day, my time. I don't know if you guys can relate. <gasps> yes. I feel like everybody listening is like 100%. You are, it's like the further we get into this, the more we're like having to reckon with like, oh, this is, feels like it's going to be normal, you know, <laughs> where we've, or at least I early on was like, oh, this will go away you know, here quickly. And now it's like, oh, no, this is kind of here for the long run. Um, Can I ask a clarifying question um, out of the gate? Could you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I lead a sales team uh, in advertising. So I heard you guys say you use Yeti microphones. Logitech is one of our customers, and we help promote Yeti market microphones out in the marketplace. Um, So we're working at retail to help them 
push them to folks like yourselves, everyday customers and things of that sort. So we work in consumer electronics, we work in CPGs, we work in personal care, but I head up a sales team that is East Coast based. So we've always used Zoom as part of our technology because we're not in the same office, but mm-hmm. having everybody at every level at every phase of a project be on Zoom um, is something that is uh, very daunting because again, the green light goes on or that bell goes off or you know the ringing of the phone and you know it's almost like you're like a, a puppy dog to a treat. Oh, I got to answer. I got to answer. I got to answer. So um, I've taken my everyday tasks, which have felt real in this virtual world, but now layered on a whole bunch of other uh, virtual Mm -hmm. responsibilities on top of it. That's really good. Brian, I'll start here. And I think this will apply for those listening as well. If you find, or maybe I should rephrase this, when I find that my ideal week, I'm just missing it again and again, the first thing that I will look at is the second step of the weekly preview, the after action review, because in there is some clues for what's going wrong. So my first question to you is, have you been doing a weekly preview and what kinds of things are showing up? Are there things that show up every week or has it just been chaos? What are some themes or some lessons or some commonalities you're finding in the after action review? Yeah, it's interesting that you said that because the after action review, if I'm honest, um, I've been missing my big three and I've been letting the daily tasks of the weeds get in the way of the big three ultimately overall. And that's what I go, oh, darn, you missed it here. You didn't even go back and look at what you were supposed to accomplish this week. You let yourself now fill up a whole page mm-hmm. of other tasks and start checking those off one by one by one by one instead of getting that accomplished. So that's been very enlightening to me. And, you know, it's almost like now I'm taking my big three and putting them into my week coming up. So I say, hey, by this date, you got to have it done. And I'm putting extra stars next to it to say, um, hey, this is one of your big three that you wrote about on the weekend. You know, that's a really great um, pro tip. I actually watched another um, planner user that does that same thing, you know, because it is easy during your weekly preview, you you lay out what your weekly big three are, but then you flip the page, you know, to your your Monday And it's easy to forget what were your weekly big three for the week. And so that may be even something like just writing it on a post-it note and moving it every day, you know, so you have more visibility into what your weekly big three is. Um, I do. Another question for you would be, have you redone your ideal week since the pandemic started? So I, I, yes, I took a stab at that at the beginning of the quarter. Um, but I have not adjusted again, sort of midway through the quarter. Um, you know, I've tried to then say, I'm darn it. I'm going to get back to that thing that mm-hmm. I wrote about at the beginning of the quarter, um, as ideal and try to, you know, flex my muscle to wedge myself into it. So, um, that's probably an area that I could take a blank sheet of paper and overlay it to what I had before and, you know, rewrite it a little bit. For everybody out there that may be thinking, kind of along the same lines, like I'm midway through um, and maybe I haven't done the really hard work of evaluating that, or you've been holding on to some things, you know, like pre-pandemic. Now is a great time to download the Ideal Week tool. You can get that in the printable section of fullfocusplanner.com and just do, you can do it on a scrap sheet of paper um, and then move it into your planner if you want to, because frankly, a lot of things have changed. Um, and I think a lot of us are having to come to terms with this may be here for a little bit longer. Yeah. In April, I redid my ideal week three times. Yeah. I'm, it's not, I'm not kidding. It was part of my weekly preview with 
my spouse was just going, oh, this doesn't work. So let's try this next week. Oh, no, that doesn't work either. So it sounds like for you, the loss of I'm not coming close to my ideal week ever is feeling exhausted. And like you don't, I think you use the phrase like I'm always on, right? So a follow-up question is in your ideal week, how much buffer time do you have in there? Yeah. And that's, uh, that's actually a good question because, you know, I've kind of laid it out as backstage items, front stage items, offstage items. And some of the things that I would say are more driven towards me as flex time that I want. Um, I've put them into my calendar that all the rest of my teams can see as um, uh, tentative. So when they see tentative on there, they say, oh, that means I can schedule over top of what Brian has there because it says tentative, even though it's in my calendar blocked off. I probably need to move some of those things as to hard calendar items, and then people will start to work Mm -hmm. around them. So where I had that buffer time and I had that flex and I had that, you know, wiggle room, um, um, it's been eaten up because people just step all over it. So you just gave me another important clue. Uh, which is that people can create calendar events on your calendar. Yep. Okay. So I have the same situation, right? I'm in I'm in a sales role as well. At least that's part of what I do. And people can schedule time on my calendar. So I have to, I've found schedule. I have blocks for my workday shutdown every single day. And I recognize, you know what? That might be one call, one sales call less today. But what I get in return is clarity, delivery, like I, I, my integrity gets to stay in shape because I'm making sure that I'm not, things aren't slipping through the cracks all the time. My team gets to benefit, our current clients get to benefit, my, my wife and my daughter get to benefit, right? The benefits are so huge. And so if, you, you know, Brian, this would be my recognition for you as well as if you're listening, make sure if people can create events on your calendar without your approval before they're on there and you just show up to them because maybe they're income producing events, maybe they're, you know, whatever, you know, first of all, I would make sure that the only people that have keys to that kingdom are income producing events. I would not do that for internal meetings. That's just my experience. Um, unless you can quickly veto those, or if you have an assistant, that's sort of a barrier vetting that Courtney can speak to that because, I know I try to meet with Courtney and Elizabeth is like, oh, no, you don't. Um, but <laughs> but if you do, you know, if you if people are scheduling it, make sure that it's not just the ideal week on paper. Make sure that there are blocks of time that are reserved. And if it's hard to do that, I think it's great to come back to the why of, well, why is it important that you have your life back to some degree? Why is it important to have a workday shutdown? Why is it important to have a block of time that's for deep work? Because in the long run, I'm going to be more satisfied, be more resilient, make more money, whatever, right? And that's worth, I'm sure I've lost sales, deals in the immediate short term because I've blocked off things. But I'm also sure that I'm way more successful. I'm in it for the long haul, you know, for our clients, for our mission, for my own career, right? And so, and for my marriage, you know, so it's like, that's the value, you know, of of making sure you've got things blocked so that no one can touch it. Yeah, no, no, really helpful. You know, one thing that I would add too, I mean, I think as um, Blake was listing those things of like, you know, that you're in it for the long game. I think asking yourself, 
you know, why it is important for you to hit your weekly big three. You know, if you are continually missing your weekly big three, what is like the long-term effects of that? Um, I wonder if maybe just a hack to this would be once you do your weekly preview and you've decided, okay, this is my weekly big three, you had the idea of putting it in your planner. But what if you also went into your calendar and changed those, um, you know, those flex times that you have allocated over to actual meetings for, you know, like one of your weekly big three or two of your weekly big three yeah, yeah. so that you've kind of also kind of made it clear this is actually, you know, off limits time. You know, it's just not like weekly held time. There's real strategic initiatives happening during this time. Yeah, because I could relate to what Blake said, because if someone else dumps something in that's internal, that makes me then run to the next thing instead of preparing properly. And when it's revenue producing, I may not be as fully prepared as I need to be because mm-hmm. I'm running from thing to thing to thing to thing. And then that, that has implications because customers, prospects, whatever, see that. It's evident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how long have you been rolling with the ideal week in the planner? Did you say that, Brian? Yeah, just about a year and a half now. Okay. So, I mean, it is an instrument. It's a musical instrument and it takes a while. I didn't, I didn't really use the ideal week for the first year. I used the planner at all. Didn't even try it. You know, I had a, you know, rough sense, used the weekly preview. That was key, but it does take time. If you're struggling and you're listening, especially nowadays, it is a challenge. It does take practice, but yeah, like I think Courtney brought up a great point. I, that's, that's a great activity. Another, um, we have an episode, if you want to go back to some of our pro tips. It aired, I think, a few weeks ago from our staff. Um, But I think it was Annette gave this great uh, tip, which was calculating how long, this is for her daily big three, but how long she thinks those will take and then making sure that that's justified given her daily agenda. So that's good on a daily big three basis. But to Courtney's point, you could apply that to your weekly big three of going, how much me time, how much head down uh, deep work time is this going to require of me? Do I have that real estate on the calendar? What are the threats to that real estate on my calendar? And is this b- b- really belong as a weekly big three? That's great. Thanks. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Hopefully that was helpful. And uh, thanks for being our first uh, guest on video. <laughs> it was great. Like you said, I got to see your closet and got to yep. see um, what, the, what the realness to the podcast that we've heard all about for the last few months looks like. So thank you. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Take care. Great. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us again on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. And Say it speaking with conviction, of that, Courtney. Come on. It's, it, is, it is the most productive. Oh, yeah, it's 100 Yes, like that. And speaking of being that, I think it's almost time for you and I to go take a break, right? Oof, that sounds like a great idea. So we'll be back here next week with another great episode. Until then, stay, stay focused. focused. We've talked about it on the podcast before too. Um, it's your the best one, year ever. Your best year ever, yes. Um, <laughs> it's the, the book on the book on your. Um, it's the book on your type, like your lion. The four, power of when. Is that what, yes? Okay, so in the Knowing power your of when.
Yes, is this the right book? That's your chronotype. Nick, definitely keep all this in, by the way. This is great. This is great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, the podcast listener that's trying to take a nap, this is perfect therapy for them. Yes. like, I was listening to two people try to recall a book. Oh and like, meanwhile, they're literally, like, Google exists. It's right in front of us. Really, I have to set a 20-minute um, nap time. I think it was the power of when. Um. <laughs> Okay. This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's Countdown to 2021. Join this exclusive newsletter and free community of like-minded achievers who are committed to turning 2020's disappointments into 2021's greatest successes. Learn more at fullfocusplanner.com slash countdown.